0: So, when I was trying to figure out how to do the recruitment retention session, having, like, I obviously already spent a significant amount of time just writing up a document of, like, how to recruit different ideas and strategies and, like, practical tips for, for doing that sort of thing. And there are already social media types tips on, you know, social media do's and don'ts, that kind of thing. Um, Tegan's made something for the session as well, we can go over. Um, there are some resources that exist already. So rather than just going over that sort of stuff again and just reiterating stuff that already exists, um, which you've probably read before, can read in your own time, I thought I'd spend today talking about, um, reframing how to go about thinking about recruitment and retention, um, and try and explain how I think about recruitment and retention, um, and the sort of broader strategy behind that and how to go about it, um, And we talk about recruitment and retention, but the sort of broader thing behind it that I want to start reframing this thing as is the idea of branding. Um, And branding can be at the level of the the club or at the level of the national governing body or the level of sport itself. Um, And so we're talking about recruitment and retention, obviously, um, recruitment is trying to like get someone in the door, trying to get someone in the club um, you can sort of break that down into passive recruitment, which is like your online image, your online presence, um, the image that you have and the, the what someone can find or happen across, whereas active recruitment is more sort of like going out and showing that to people and advertising and actively like seeking to portray yourself in different places. And retention is sort of like once they're there, trying to keep hold of them. But before any of that actually happens, um, I think – teams need to invest a lot of time in thinking about the actual product or the actual brand that they're trying to sell themselves as. Um, so before you recruit, before you market yourself, here's something to actually market. And so I want to talk about, about branding and how to build a brand as a creative team or club or the sport in general. And so to start thinking about it, cause most people don't really understand what branding necessarily is from like a, a layperson perspective. So, Start off with, with some like open examples. Like when you see Woolworths, when you think of Woolworths, what what do you associate with Woolworths? What do you think of? Fresh food people. Finger, Right, that's the first thing everyone thinks of when they say see
1: Woolworths. Not paying proper wages. What
0: else?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what I thought. What, what else? What else would you associate with the Woolworths? With the, with the name Woolworths, and in it, with the Woolworths
1: brand. Over <laughs> <laughs>
0: The green <laughs> W, which yeah. is a. Oh, oh, but like, what is the green? Like, what what shape? It's, it's an, an apple.
2: apple. Yeah, it's an apple. And
0: so, with apples, we associate things like. Health, exactly. Health, fresh food, fresh fresh food exactly. And after they keep the doctor away, all that sort of stuff. All right. What about coals? It's red. Yeah, it's red. What do we? What else, like, what do we associate with coals?
1: Is <laughs> Australian Jamie Oliver yeah,
0: prices are down. Exactly. We associate low prices, really cheap
1: things. Um, I don't know. I
3: never even... Off
1: those big red hand things. Uh-huh. And that annoying yeah. advertising jingle.
0: Coles <laughs> mm-hmm. are really good at advertising yeah, and branding themselves with really jingles. catchy, annoying jingles Like in your head and just keep that idea that all their prices are really low. And so we look at the actual like branding. You can see that so much in their logos and the design as well. Like, what is trying to come across as valuable as, as a, as a value in giving fresh food, right? It's it's the that, you know, the, the font that they use is slightly right. more fancy. They have, like, a nice little fancy logo with the apple on it. They're using green as their primary color. Coles, by contrast, is very, very, very simple logo. They're using the same red that, like, McDonald's, <laughs> Hungry Jack's, Burger King, um, KFC use that very similar, like, this is a very simple, cheap, affordable. So the wine and the beef now? Um, and when you think about it, <laughs> when you, when you think about it, Woolworths and Coles, they're both doing exactly the same thing. They're both the grocery stores that they're, they're, what that they do is just selling food, but they're completely different brands. All right. So the point, the point there is that like, even though they're basically the same company, They've created completely different ideas about who they are, what they do, why they do what they do. And having created a brand, having created an identity for their company, for what they're trying to do, what they now have to do also is do things that are in line with that brand and in keeping with their character. So, for example, when Woolworths tries to start um, marketing itself through like mini shop items and making like plastic little toys, that is by and large really terrible right decision that they made because it goes completely against their whole healthy, green, sustainable kind of brand image. When they're just creating this like endless, like plastic waste. Right. Really cool. Cool. It was, so, that, so, so both Coles and Woolworths started doing that. And then and there was, was a big backlash. Class. Coles stuck with it because it still works for Coles. Woolworths did something then really smart, which is rather than, rather than selling plastic toys, they started selling the little like seed pot things. And that for Woolworths is like a completely like absolutely ingenious brand strategy because now it stays in in line with their brand of like fresh food. And more than that, it teaches people the value of fresh food. Like they're just like now indoctrinating an entire generation of kids on like how food can be grown naturally, how food can be grown from scratch. They're teaching people that actually having that fresh food is a process and is a valuable process. And so in five years, 10 years' time, when they can raise their prices, you will go, actually, no, I'm happy to pay more because I understand the value of this fresh food as opposed to the coal's um, affordable low prices. Which
3: is wild Because they, are exactly, they sell exactly the same mm-hmm. banana. Exactly. It's not like Woolies bananas are better or fresher or prettier bananas.
0: So, so the point I guess here is that a brand is much more than just the name or the logo. Um, a brand is everything you associate with that brand. Exactly. It's a brand's character, it's its identity, it's a persona, it's the public perception of what that thing is. Um, the guy who invented advertising essentially describes it as the intangible sum of a product's attributes. Um, And Obviously, brands are not just a corporate thing, it's just not not just companies that have brands. Um, everyone has their own personal brand, right? Like you, um, exporting marketing, presenting your own brand all the time in what you wear, how you talk, the arguments you make, the support, the things you post online, the um, jokes that you make, the jokes that you laugh at all that is part of your personal brand and how you want to present yourself. Um, and when you're talking to other people when you're when you're on a date when you're on a job interview you're marketing you're advertising yourself as your personal brand and you're trying to convince people that your personal brand is worth investing in similar sorry
3: so an exercise and everyone names a characteristic that they associate with aj Just
2: um sure what
3: i can say spaghetti
0: yeah spaghetti is 100 percent from my personal brand like, Save one but straight out of the package. Sorry, beyond, I would keep going for, for time.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: social movements are also brands, right? Like feminism has a brand, veganism has a brand. Plant yeah. based is a clever rebranding of veganism, which has a really bad stigma attached to it, right? Um, civil rights movement has a brand. Um, and so, similarly, as, as well as companies and individuals and movements kind of a brand, create teams also trying to have a brand and create itself is also a brand. It's a concept. It's a set of ideas that we're trying to sell. Um, and so in the recruitment we're facing, this whole thing about recruitment and retention becomes how do we create a brand for create? How do we create a brand for our club? How do we create that persona identity? And, and then h- recruitment is, how do we sell that to people? How do we convince people that it's worth investing their time and in efforts in? in, efforts in? Um, and so that's basically how I think about recruitment, um, is like selling a brand essentially. And I think that like,
3: I have a point that might not super attach to what you're saying, which makes perfect sense and it's hundred percent right, but it's very difficult for the moment to think about Quidditch as having its own brand because it doesn't exist outside of the organizations that do Quidditch. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so no, so I would say that, so my literally next slide, in fact, so you're, so you're bang on the mark here. Um, teams, you, you, when you're trying to advertise, you're trying to recruit, you need to have a, a personal, like a, a team, a team brand that you're trying to, um, that you're trying to market. Because if you're just trying to go off the idea of create itself, create has a brand um, and this is Quidditch's brand, right?
2: True. The perception of Quidditch Sad. is... I, human I human removed that from
3: my head. <laughs>
0: that, the, like, running around Harry Potter, the capes, the people looking weird. It's, it's not a, it's not a brand that is readily sellable, uh, that people will be particularly invested in, especially now. Um, and so when you're creating a brand for Quidditch Australia or for your club or whatever, that's sort of what you're competing against so you kind of can say people have this perception of the of, of the brand of Quidditch we're trying to change that brand perception through our own advertising and marketing of our own teams so this comes um,
2: where am I up to in this thing
0: um,
1: This becomes then the board that uh sorry? Quidditch in Chamber of Secrets on the PS2 was a lit game. It doesn't deserve the criticism that it just got. <laughs>
3: honestly, <laughs> honestly, this is one of the challenges that we have because yesterday we were talking about the Harry Potter link and the connotation that it has and we use Harry Potter for recruitment but also every time we do and we bring Harry Potter to the table, we are not only contributing to our brand, we're convenient contributing to that brand which we are competing against so it's very difficult and so I miss you Logan and so
0: (laughs) what this then becomes then before you even start advertising before you start marketing before you start recruiting you have to actually build the brand you have to build a product you're trying to sell you're trying to create the persona and identity that you want to promote and um, the first step in this is finding the, the purpose of your brand, like the why your club or why your thing exists. And that breaks down into a why, a how, and a what in order of importance. So the what is kind of like the least important thing. The what is that we play a sport and the how is that the sport is different to any others because it's Quidditch and it's different because from other sports, because, um, it's gender inclusive. It is a much more friendly, open community, um, all the things that make career different from other sports. Maybe it's more affordable. It's more accessible in that way, for example. But then the most important aspect is is the why of why your club exists, why you do what you do, why people come to your trainings, because that's um, the the most emotive and the most like um, the most attractive part of your brand is the the emotions and the feelings behind it. Um, when you see. Really effective advertising by big companies like, say, Apple and Samsung. For for, for example, you know, when I, when I was just scrolling down my Facebook this morning, I saw a Samsung ad and didn't say, "Hey, check out the latest Galaxy S forty-seven or whatever it is now." They started. They start by saying, "At Samsung, we believe that technology can make the world better." And so that's them starting with their why, and then moving into their how they're different from other brands, and then what they're selling. Um, and so the most important thing when you're establishing what your brand is as your club or as Quidditch is what the values are of your club, the why, the why you want to be there all the time. And we sort of talked about that a lot yesterday with our mission statements and so on. And what we love about Quidditch, what keeps us in the sport, um, things like the community, the friendship aspects, the competition, those are the really key tenants to what Quidditch is and why we are here. And so those need to form the key elements of what your brand for your club is, um, above and beyond just what you do or how you do it. Um, there's, so this, this, this concept here is the, is called, I don't know if anyone's here, heard of it in, in sort of, yeah, Golden circle is what it's called. Um, there's a great Ted talk by a guy called Simon Sinek, which I recommend going and watching, um, who is, um, where he talks about this idea and how effective branding and marketing is done
1: by going why then how, then what rather than what Would you be able to are. provide a link to that one later on. Cause like I know the name and I know he has multiple mm-hmm. TED talks. So yeah, I can provide and multiple other I mean, talks. As have, well.
0: So later in the presentation, I have a link to where I got most of this information from perfect. Um, and that includes a link to this particular TED talk. Um, but I recommend going and looking at that because um, it's it's very interesting. One of the things one of the great points he, he makes as well is that, you know, when, when Martin Luther King is giving a speech, he's not saying, I have a plan, right? He's saying I have a dream. And it's a very quarterly diff- different thing. But he's selling people on the the why and the idea of it rather than what they're gonna do. Um so having worked out why your club exists and what is keeping your club what pe- what, pe- what why people come to to your club the next thing that you would do is look into competitors and what they do and so part of building your brand here is coming from looking to looking for inspiration from other brands and from other similar clubs and other sports and part of it is going and looking at what other people do and saying how can I differentiate my brand from theirs so Coles and Woolworths have always done that by looking at each other and going how do I make Woolworths and Coles very separate things so people don't Think whether it's the same brand. Um, so, for example, um, me on Facebook, I like literally probably most of the great Facebook pages in the world because I spend ages of time just looking at what other creative teams do in their social media, what ideas they have, how they present themselves, um, how they brand themselves, what ideas they have for um, marketing, and so on. Um, and I thought I'd go through a quick example, um, of one of my personal favorites, which is Tufts Quidditch in the U S. Um, Tufts Quidditch is based in Minnesota. Um, this is their Facebook page and I get loads of their content now just because I keep liking it all the time. Um, and Facebook algorithms, but so your first, your first impression of them is this color photo and like, like most car photos for Quidditch, right, it's not presenting the sport, it's presenting the people, it's presenting the, com- the community. It's much more about the why they're there than the what they're doing. Um, and what we see in so much of Tufts branding is not that they play Quidditch, it's that they're a fun group of friends and they're a cuckoo group of individuals and they'll get along really well and have lots of fun together. Um, a clear part of their branding is that they use this very distinctive like pale blue color that matches their logo um, and in lots of their, their stuff that they, um, um, they post, all their players are just wearing this, um, this same jersey and that very distinctive color means they don't even need to do much Photoshop on top of the photos to like create that consistent brand image or that recognizable brand image because that color itself is very recognizable. And you see it in a jersey in all these photos. Um, and so a lot of their social media stuff is just very simple posting pictures of their players, having a good time, smiling, um, enjoying whatever season is currently. Um, they do this really cool thing where um, they have this um, thing called Challenger Tufflepuff, where the idea is that members of the community can pay a couple of dollars like $5 $10 to give someone a challenge and they go do that challenge, which in this case is something random like locking eye contact with a stranger and pouring water on their crotch. And they have like these videos all the time. But one, it's a great fundraising mechanism for them. It's easy money. Two, it's a great way for them to have fun as a team. And three, when they post these things, it's great community engagement. It's great for driving up engagement with their Facebook page. And it's also really good for their image as a club. The image as a club is a group of friends who has fun together. And this is portraying that exactly. And so people on Facebook see these posts and they see this group of friends and they're like, that's actually a really fun group of people. I would love to be part of that group of people, right? So it's like it's very, very simple, but it's also very clever and effective branding.
3: <laughs> they wild. <laughs> I would
0: join <enjoy> them. <laughs> exactly right. Like I know it's very effective branding because I, when I think like if I ever go to the states, you know, I would definitely look them up. Right? Like I would if I was looking for like a PhD in the states, I'd like. Hmm, I wonder if I can go to Minnesota. Why? Because that seems like seems seems like a really fun bunch of people, um, which is. Not anything that they've done, like, advertising-wise. Like, they're not, like, marketing to me actively. They've just created a brand and a persona that exists online in a findable format. And I've stumbled across that and gone, wow, that's really cool. I would love to join them. Um, So inspiration you can get from queer teams, you can also look to differentiate yourself from other queer teams. So, for example, Valkyries and Nightmares coming into the... um, the um, you Air Force scene as two more graduate community teams have Serpents as an existing brand. And so both Nightmares and Valkyries are looking at Serpents and going, what works for Serpents? What doesn't work for Serpents? How do we want to differentiate our, uh, differentiate our brand from them? And so lots of Nightmares and Serpents, sorry, lots of Nightmares and Valkyries branding is about portraying that they are good competitive teams they don't take themselves too seriously. Like they're trying to differentiate them from that like serpent's image of being like the hyper competitive, um, over the top kind of elite team. Um, and both of those teams do that very effectively. I think we're going to talk about that later. Um, then we can also talk about, um, you, the other competition you obviously have is other sports, right? So you can look at um, other sports at the university that you're at or other sports in your local area, see what, what is appealing about them and then see how am I different from them? How can I create aspects of my brand or of my personality that make me different from soccer? So for example, creators key differentiating factors are things like being mixed gender, things like being much more affordable than other sports, um, things like having a really positive non-toxic culture, unlike some other, like, really, like jog heavy sports, right? Like lots of people come to Crich because they really enjoy playing competitive sport. They really enjoy contact, but things like rugby, for example, often have a really bad culture. Um, and so that's a very, very remarkable thing that Queerch teams can do. Um, following from that is then audience. Um, you're trying to work out who does Crich appeal to and whom do you want to recruit? Um, from the floor, what kind of person do you think Quidditch appeals to? Like, what sort of person joins
1: Quidditch? The People who like bullying the Harry Potter nerds.
2: <laughs>
1: Both correct answers. end to that. Those,
0: those, those are sort of two different groups of people. Um, other
2: ideas? People who are willing to make with a sense of humor. People with
0: a sense of humor? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. People who don't take themselves too seriously.
3: A narrow age range because Mm -hmm. I am now
2: 29. 29.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't join Twitch at this age. And I think I was already old when I joined. So Mm -hmm. the age range of joining is 17, 21. So I think...
0: The, the age range is a really interesting thing. I think that's not necessarily the reason, but it's, it's a product of the fact that one of the, I think one of the most consistent factors of unquieted players is that they're open to trying new things. They're the kind of person who is willing to give something a go. They're the kind of person who's slightly adventurous, doesn't take to do themselves too seriously, um, might be interested in like Harry Potter or sport, But at the end of the day, there's that slight barrier to Quidditch of like, it's this other thing, but people who are willing to give that go are the kinds of people who end up in Quidditch. And hold on a second, the time of life when you are most willing to give new things a try is that sort of 17 to 21 age range when you're in university, when you've left high school, when you're very, very open to trying new things and doing new things, um, and especially in the context of a university where the culture of a university is trying new things and having new experiences and joining new groups and making new friends, um, those are the kind of people who it's easiest to market creators to. And so you can start to think how do we enhance creators of brand to make it even more appealing to those kinds of people? Because that is our main market in some way. Um,
2: Oh, sorry, yeah. I I think ultimately you understand that. I think
4: sometimes that's a limiting factor in sending people away.
0: Yeah, so I think yeah, I think so there's there's two ways there's two takeaways from that. One is that that's where we're currently at, and that's our biggest recruitment source. And if we can work out how to optimize that even more, it's great. But then we want to work out okay, so how that's one source, how do we then make uh how, how, how do we how grow our audience, right? Um are we want to say something? Um, the other thing then is like, oh, the other thing is, um, once you know our audience, we also then inform our voice from that audience. And I think that like, if you're creating a brand for a club, it's a very, very different voice that you're using compared to a brand for Quote Australia or the IQA, right? Like as a club, you are 100% going to go in with like memes, shenanigans, hashtags, much more informal kind of language. And some things can come off as, as more professional and some things can come off as more informal, but there's a lot more room for having personality and character um, in clubs, whereas it'd be really weird if QA or IQA started posting memes. And, like, in fact, IQA did oh, that once, on the and that it was, was a- very, very poorly received. In fact, if I go back in their newsfeed and find the advi- an example of it, I think they deleted it from their newsfeed, um, which makes sense. Like, I don't think as a professional as a brand that's trying to seem professional, then the being down with the kids, um, memes and so on, don't work as well. However, if you're a club, using memes and so on helps build lots of your character, helps exhibit lots of your club's culture and can be very, very effective. Um, having created that persona, that, that identity for your club, that's when you start building in, Things like visuals, logos, hashtags, colors, schemes, and so on, and that's all part of creating this product that we can then market. Because you can't advertise a club or you don't have something that's there to advertise. Um,
2: went through all those points. All those points. Cool. Cool. Cool.
0: Yes. Okay. So the next point that I want to go over is just a quick um, case study in Valkyries and Nightmares. I think this is also a very interesting thing where just like Coles and Woolworths, right? They're two on the face of a very, very, very similar concepts. They're both graduate community teams. they both starting exactly at the same time. They're both based in a very similar area. Um, they're both pulling from the same groups of people, but they're completely different brands. So, same with Valkyries, for example, I just, like, compared the Valkyries recruitment post versus the Nightmare recruitment post as examples, as, as, like, a starting point to talk about what we think, for a start, on, start off with, the, the Valkyries brand is. Like, what do we associate with the Valkyries? hmm female, female players is a big part of Valkyries brand, exactly. What else do we associate with Valkyries? Who are the Valkyries' players? Who are, like... W
1: more friendship and fun mm-hmm. the word that came to mind is shenanigans uh-huh. <laughs>
0: in 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 the Valkyries recruitment post do you see anything that talks about them playing Quidditch at all <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we, we'll get the ball fuck
0: me no there's nothing Once this <laughs> thing you get to like
2: the <laughs> <laughs> on, 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 on their advertising
0: right they're complete like
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're advertising
0: themselves like do you like memes do you like throwing shade do you like fun they're advertising themselves as a fun bunch of people um similar to tops they yeah exactly the valkyrie's um, brand is not taking themselves too seriously they're gonna like be competitive but that's not what they're about right they're about having fun they're about promoting their female players um and that's in their name as well and the other thing that Valkyries do really well, I think is promoting their sort of like shenanigans and so on with hashtags. Because the way Valkyries use hashtags is very different to the way Nightmares uses hashtags. So Nightmares is, as a brand, how do we, like what do we think about Nightmares as a brand? Like what things do you associate with Nightmares?
1: And Night to remember. Harry Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Harry Jones, yeah, that's a correct answer. Like Harry Jones is a big figurehead for nightmares.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, yeah. They have very much, like the, the black uniform, like black and green. It's very, it looks very serious.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, But so, so, so then do, do nightmares want to come off as a very like serious, mean hard business team? So no, exactly. So how so, so how do they market themselves? I'm so I'm, I'm more thinking of of like. Use a microphone. Can you Sorry, I can't hear people. Oh, Jamie. All yes,
2: oh,
0: right, okay. Yeah, stop sleeping, Jamie, and use a microphone. <laughs> um
3: we have muted you why are you alive again so that because i'm actually talking this time
0: (laughs) so so nightmares have that reputation partially through harry and partially through how they play as a very serious competitive team but they also want to avoid serpent's reputation of being over competitive and um that kind of that kind of brand and so what they try to do is also put out Lots of memes and nonsense, right? They try to not take themselves too seriously, and that comes out in their like butchervius fear chant. It comes across in the fact that they like post loads of like these like Trisha's face on the America guy memes. Good old America guy. They're like endless horse puns and nightmare puns and dream puns. Um,
2: access <laughs>
0: And like, yeah, so like their brand is be competitive, but also not without sacrificing their fun. And they, so the, the way they use hashtags is I think different from Valkyries isn't that the hashtags are all sort of this like generic silliness puns and so on. Whereas Valkyries use hashtags to like display kind of like actual shenanigans that go on in their team, like like broccoli. Like what does that, that even in mean? In They're all like jokes. little in jokes. And I love using I hashtags don't for, for in jokes. Like everyone <laughs> <if
3: I, laughs> like know it was that an like interview.
0: Lots of people like know that like the Valkyrie's leadership is called the Broccoli Lords, for example.
2: The melon. Uh, the Lord. Melon Lord. ex- Lords. Sorry. Also don't know about no. yeah. because broccoli, because while they
3: were thinking of a theme, one of the things was the burr with broccoli. That was a possible name for the team. So we are the broccolis Raj is Broccolini Stalk in our chat. In our chat, And we are the Melon Lords because I recently watched Avatar and apparently already everyone in the club was in love with it. So they were cheering me on as I watched the episodes. So Melon Lords from Avatar.
0: So when, so when Valkyries are using hashtags, they're trying to show, they're trying to demonstrate with their hashtags that, we are a group of people who have these little in-jokes for us, like close-knit, close fun-loving, shenanigans-loving group of people. And the hashtags show an in-group, but they're also not exclusive, right? Like they don't put up a barrier to someone wanting to get involved in the night in the, in the Valkyries. They put up a, hey, wouldn't you love to learn more about all our, like, club in-jokes and cultures and so on? Come and get involved with us. Um,
2: okay i'll do that
0: and then like a hashtag is like do we have enough non-females on pitch cat is again part of their brand as a um a team that really is trying to promote female players and obviously these brands don't work if the teams don't execute these brands in person right like both these teams on field and in person act and embody their brands. Like both these teams play very competitively, but not at the expense of having fun, not taking things too seriously. Ava? The nightmares, that really
2: play into
4: the, nightmares play into the stereotype that like, and the image that they created when it was Harry Jones and Newcastle players as a leadership mm-hmm. team, like all of their team photos of them looking like deadly serious. Um, and like all their, their chant is like yelling at the top of their lungs. And so like they're really, pushing that, like, we are angry men, um, but
0: then... <laughs> and taking the mickey out of it, right?
4: But, but at the same time, like, they kind of counter that by putting, like, Trish as the face of everything because she hates it and because she's so good at Quidditch. Um, so they have, like, they're, like, playing into, but then also counteracting this, like, we're serious. We don't have fun. We don't know joy. We are only anger, which is what Harry Jones is, like, spiritually. Also,
2: also, also, like... He loves the facial muscles Oh, Did you know that?
4: Yeah, no, I've never seen Jackson smile, you're right. It's
2: because he doesn't have some muscle.
4: I think his face twitched when he scored a goal, but that's it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's because
3: of the skull fracture he got in Quidditch in oh, yeah.
2: 2016. Yeah, so so Yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> no, he actually he has every all well, everything is fine, but like we have no evidence that Jackson is able to smile.
1: He sacrificed his facial muscles for more speed. <laughs> That's the <pact> he made. <laughs> but so like
0: similar similar like with Valkyries, like, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to sell themselves as a team that most female players if they didn't do things like, for example, having Courtney as a regular unironic female keeping option, right? But they don't just play Courtney in the games that don't matter and in games that aren't competitive, they play Courtney as a legitimate option in, as keeping. Similarly, they have the top female goal scorer at New South Wales. They can make those claims to back up the fact that this is part of their brand, this is part of their personality, this is part of who they are. And you know, we, can sort of, we can sort of say that like, you know, it's, it's hard to differentiate yourself as a, as a club, as a, as a club brand, when every other creative team is trying to do the same thing and every other creative team is doing the same sort of thing with community and whatever. But these are two clubs that are basically identical in many ways but have completely different brands and personas and have completely different associations with them. I think these are two examples of very well-branded teams and teams that have done a lot to sort of develop their own personal identities that are then very marketable. (laughs) Then brings me to... Now that you have like this idea of who you are, your your brand is, the next step is in building that brand image and a brand presence online to be able to have something to point to and for people to be able to find, right? Because you need an actual, you need to create some kind of physical product from your brand that you can point to and say, "This this is what our team, this is what our club, this is what Quidditch is. And that other people can come across online or in person and go, Oh, this is what this team's brand is in the same way that you, you can some across teams like Tufts and understand who they are very, very quickly. And so obviously the easiest place to build a brand is online through Facebook, Instagram, other social media, having a website, et cetera. Um, here, um, having some sort of consistency in branding is quite important. Um, everything that you post, should be in line with your team's brand and everything that you post should be trying to express or enhance your team's brand, if that makes sense. So if your team's brand is all about having fun together and being a community, then lots of your social media posts are about that. They're not about the playing the sport aspect. They're about showcasing all the times that your team has hung out together. They're about showcasing all the times the teams has, had some kind of social event or done something fun or had some shen- random shenanigan moment. Um, and that can be like random videos of like thing that happened in the party or whatever. It doesn't have to be like super professional content. Um, but it's something that creates, that helps, um, develop the persona of your brand. Um, things like hashtags and taglines are also just constantly continually restating those key values, that key why of what your brand is. Um, Then from beyond the just content, the actual visuals of it help make your brand very identifiable. So like on the right, obviously you can see that like, hopefully most recognise as this, as like the set of images from QA because over the last year or so, I've tried to post things a very, very, very consistent brand image for QA. So now whenever someone sees this kind of style of of graphic, they immediately recognize it as a QA, official QA QA graphic. Similarly with like tough Squish, right, you see that color blue and you are able to immediately identify that with their brand. Um, University of Newcastle is cool and clever because they actually have a... um, an official brand book where they go through um style guide yeah a style guide where they have the actual like quote-unquote rules for how they present their brand so they have things like what their what their core things that they're trying to present are what the core values of the club are the the why of who the, who the club is their core persona as a club that they're always trying to exemplify in their brand and in their content they have things with consistency like using an active voice, talking in third person. Um, they have um, explanations for their different messages where you use logos to get consistency, um, the different colors that they use for consistency, advice on um, the kinds of typography that they use for consistency, um, the kinds of photos that they use. Um, and this all helps create consistency and identifiability in a brand. And I'd say like for most clubs at the club level you don't have to go to the effort that Newcastle's gone to to create this like official brand book, right? You don't need like a like a 25 page set of things. But you can have like a short document saying this is the font that we use, this is the typeface that we use, these are the colors that we use, this is where we use our logo. That's all you need as a, as a basic. And if you keep that consistent, then it becomes very very recognizable um, and identifiable um
3: i would say that though qa could invest the time
0: yeah this is definitely something like, it's like at the moment in theory qa doesn't need it because i do all the qa's media and i know what the style is but as soon as we get to someone taking over from me there needs to be some sort of style guide in place for someone else to be able to keep
1: that consistency it's all about the posterity. Like, yeah exactly just investing in the future like sure a tiny document like they'll Freeze over, or whatever, but like seeing that book, like handing that book over to the next Mm -hmm. generation—they're just gonna soak it up way more.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and so the point of all this is the idea of like going back to recruitment. You have passive and active recruitment. All of this is before you get like active marketing and advertising and putting it out there. All this is creating something for people to find. Or for you to point people to as passive recruitment. And, you know, say, take for example, um, like after Quaffle, for example, pretty much every team will post a recap post of what happened at Quaffle, what we at Quaffle. And, like, why do teams do that? As a non-attachable question. Like, what's the point in posting a recap post after to a tournament? To
2: conclude the season, celebrate, win, statement like an active club
0: Mm -hmm. to show that you're active show you're at at different things
2: and also because
3: otherwise it doesn't go beyond the people that were there Mm -hmm. so the next year the first thing people see is how you ended last year it's usually a happy photo we're happy with this congratulations to whoever's won
2: has connections to non-plays where you might have a lot of people mm-hmm. that
3: have yeah. yeah.
0: So when teams are posting like recap posts from a tournament or from qualifier or whatever, you know, in theory they could just share the results spreadsheet, and go look at these results. We were a team that was there and this is the scores of all our games. Everyone can see what the results spreadsheet is and go whatever. Um, but when you post a recap post, what a team is trying to do is trying to take that opportunity to extend their brand and to extend to 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 re-express their identity as a club and so you might emphasize that how competitively well you did at at that club if you're if you're at at the tournament if your club is very competitive you might emphasize how much fun you had at the tournament if your team is much more about that you might emphasize you might emphasize like individual player achievements. If your team is about promoting individuals and promoting like player development, that sort of thing.
1: Um, It's a subtle way to highlight core club values. Mm -hmm.
0: And sort of way to reiterate things like, yeah, exactly. It's trying to express how your club um, extended its brand at this event. And also showing then again, that you're actively doing things, that you exist and you're not just some like random thing that may not exist anymore. You're still alive and kicking and, um, are an active presence. Um, one of the things that, um, for example, um, Hayden from UCID um, only joined the sport in his third year of university um, in 2017, and he was aware that Quidditch was a thing in, when, he, when he first came to university in the first year. But he didn't see much activity on the Facebook page. There wasn't much going on. It's like, oh, they probably don't really do very much. I won't, I won't get involved for anything. And then when we start getting much more active on the Facebook page and promoting ourselves a lot more and creating that sort of sense that this is actually a vibrant club, there's lots going on here, we have a personality, we have an identity, that becomes all of a sudden much, much more attractive. And, yeah, you're creating a desirable product in your brand's online presence. But you also have to exhibit in person as well.
1: I don't know the exact numbers, but there's a... Study or whatever about how well people remember things mm-hmm. after their like third to fourth exposure of the same sort of information. So it's mm-hmm. all about the consistency to shove it down their throat. As yeah, much exactly. As can.
0: And so I'm repeating the idea over and over again. Um, this is the next one. Oh, yeah, the next one is we have some. Uh, where is it going to be? Is it here. No. All right, is there So you can put together some um, do's and don'ts for social media. Um, Rather than just reading through this entire thing now, I'll hold out a quick couple of things um, and post this later for you to read through in more detail later. Um, Having just said consistency is really important. You can um, try varying things up a little bit as well because part of trying to appeal to a wider audience is trying to create different things that different people can relate to, right? Like, especially with with Quitch, right? You have two very distinct populations of people who are interested in Quitch. One of whom is the Harry Potter fans who are really there for, like, the Harry Potter side and the community aspect of the sport, and the other people there who are much more there for the competitive playing sport type. And so if all your advertising is very, sort of, like, community, fun, Harry Potter friends-based... You're going to get that one group really well, but you're going to leave out the other group. Whereas if your brand is entirely about this is a real sport, it's really hardcore, we do tackling and all that sort of stuff, you're going to get all those competitive sports players, but you're going to then exclude all those other people. So varying your voice a little bit in that way can be really, really helpful. April,
4: I think it was this year, but after um, you said posted or last year, whatever. um after state they posted the like recap here are our players who played on the state team here are their results mm-hmm. and then the next day posted here are all of our players at home doing they're going to the pub they're doing pub mm-hmm. trivia so we had like we are both things at once we have state champions and people who were literally just here to like eat pizza and yes um, to give off like they gave off totally different vibes but they were like our club is both
0: Um, there are also some good things to go over in terms of like photo use, um, a bit bigger. So one of the things that you notice on, um, again, tough scratch page is that the, the the most, the most salient thing in image is always the person's face. And the most thing you, you remember more than like the content, more than the actual, the the, the actual like um, the, the cerebral kind of content is actually the emotion behind whatever that face was expressing. So all of Tufts advertising is smiling faces and that's a very, very effective emotional, um, emotional appeal to like people who are like, they seem really fun. I really like the idea of them as a team. You're trying to, so that makes like something like this, for example, there's a lot going on. It's very dynamic, but you can't really see on space. It's not very engaging in that way. right? as you can see people's faces here as they rush thing for a ball, it's a much more interesting photo. it's a much more engaging photo. And you get a lot more from it. Um, similarly here, both of these are quite confusing. Both, sorry, both of them are quite, quite dynamic photos. Um, but here there's a much clearer narrative of what's going on. Like here the multiple things go like this a tackle happening here, swing on the body here, the seek going off the snitch here, there's a shine going for the beat here. Here it's a much clearer narrative. Even though there's like just as many people, just as many bodies, it's a much clearer narrative of what's going on. And that makes it a much more um, a much more salient image if you're using that in your social media marketing or image or whatever.
3: I think in arts class, we studied how lines
2: mm-hmm.
3: in images, if they point to the center of the action, which they don't really super do in this one because we can't see Tom's arm. Mm-hmm. But for instance, if we see that chaser line, it's pointing to the quaffle, which is already useful. But if in the picture above with Ashan and the other player, all our gaze, not Ashan,
0: the same B. Oh, B, right. Yeah.
3: Ashan, oh, it's not Ashan, it's Baldeep. Yeah. Sorry. Baldeep line points to the bludger. Baldeep gaze and Kia's gaze point to the, the bludger. So our gaze points to the bludger.
2: Exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing going on in this
2: one as well. Sorry? Uh, I guess.
0: Um, this one again a good example of how framing is really important so this one you can sort of see like the kind of cut from the frame slightly was this one they're all nicely within the same frame and it gives you more it, it gives you more space to work with if you're putting things like a logo if you're putting things like text it as well but it's also just a much more engaging image that way as well and similarly when you're trying to present people it's kind of the same thing you're portraying. This is much more effective because you can see the two distinct individuals there, rather than having them overlaid on top of each other. Um, so those are some nice points in regards to how to
2: better use images in, um, in creating the brand from Tegan. <coughs>